Freebooters Network. Hi, this is Devin Truck with the Freebooters Network. Today we bring you another issue of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. We hope you enjoy the show. And welcome to issue 29 of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. My name is Ian Clark, and I am joined, as always, by the Superman of social distancing, Mr. Andrew Howard. Andy, how are you? <coughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, now, we are obviously in the midst of coronavirus, COVID-19. Um, not, novel, you know, we're... Novel COVID. Novel, yes. There's, That's my favorite. There's so- so many names for it. Uh, making light of it, yes, a little bit, but obviously it is a, a serious situation. And, and my hope is that for those of you that maybe catch on to the podcast late and you go back and, and listen to some of our older episodes, there's some future person down the road who's listening to this a year or maybe more later after this. And, and I hope that you listening in the future say, oh, man, yeah, that was crazy. Glad we got through that. But uh, right now, we are in the midst of it, and um, hopefully, with people staying at home and trying to find things to do, hopefully comic books is uh, something that you are able to take advantage of, either having stocked up at your local uh, local brick-and-mortar place, your friendly local comic book store, or made some orders on Amazon or digitally on Comixology. Hopefully, you are uh, using comic books as a nice escape mechanism, and, and actually, if, if Andy and I can help you get away from things for an hour or so while you listen to the podcast, then that's, uh, that feels good to kind of be able to help in a little way. So hopefully everybody's, uh, everybody's doing well and, and riding it out. Yeah. I could see the kind of the second explosion of podcasts happening over the next uh, couple weeks and months uh, where people are trapped in their homes. I think I saw at least one meme where this is going to lead every single person in America to have their own podcast at some point. Um, yeah. Well, I can yeah. tell you one one subset of uh, America that is absolutely doing that, and that's my one of my hobbies is, is stand up comedy, and have many oh, yeah. friends in the comedy field, and on Facebook, that's like a hundred percent of the discussion from the comedians is like, I'm starting a podcast. Who wants to do this? And it's funny because they're either doing everyone has the same idea, or they have. Out ideas that are just way out there crazy uh, or uh, but it's cool because out of it some there will definitely be some some good things to listen to so yeah. you know silver linings hopefully throw we it can... all against the wall see what sticks yeah so and the yeah. funny thing is even though i already do three podcasts i'm i'm uh, it has made me think oh what if i did this so i'm i'm going to try and refrain from doing that because i have a hard enough time keeping up with everything else but um but yeah and uh, hey, if you're if you're listening and you've never tried, go ahead, do a podcast. It's not hard. We do it. <laughs> yeah, trust me, it's not. Yeah, it's not. So momentum could be hard, but <laughs> the first two yeah. episodes, no problem. Oh yeah, you'll be all gung ho. It'll be awesome. <laughs> Twenty nine in, you're like, huh? <laughs> well, somebody's still listening. So um, hey, Dan Roberts. <laughs> Uh, perfect perfect yeah but it does uh it does mean it um and again me and ian generally don't uh, get to be in the same space to record these anyhow so uh we don't have to worry about that p- part of it at all so yeah yeah i thought we might um end up doing one together maybe with our, our buddy rafe granger um because we were all planning to go to adepticon in chicago the big gaming 
convention that has been canceled and the thought was, well, maybe we'll go go up to the cabin in Maine like we do for, for the nerd herders for the for the winter retreat. Um, you know, and if we have Rafe with us, I was thinking, oh, we'll do a we'll do a live round table type of one that would have been fun but we decided against that as well we're not gonna not gonna be venturing out and uh gathering in groups even small groups so yeah yeah it's just not not the time to do it we'll uh we'll stay happy and healthy and the next thing you know we'll be we'll be out there gaming again yeah so we do we should have Rafe on some time to to talk i actually thought about it uh for this one even um so maybe next month if things are still like this he would totally jump on yeah, yeah, or we can maybe find a Spider-Man milestone or something like that since he's such a Spidey fan. But, um, but yeah, he'd yeah. be fun to have on. So, yeah. All right, cool. I don't think, Do we have any other business before we jump into the regular segments? No, I, I haven't been able to keep up on it too much, but I have started to hear kind of rumblings about uh, the possibility that some of our kind of regular monthly series uh, for, Mar- for most of the major labels uh, will probably be delayed um, just due to the fact that you know, with staffs being kind of asked to work from home, just trying to get together to, to collaborate. But I think we'll still see stuff because a lot of it is done kind of individually, but there's still off, often a lot of collaboration that goes into the, the major. That'll be interesting to watch over the next couple weeks and months as well to kind of see how that affects kind of the regular schedule of comic books. Yeah, it's a good point. You have there just because of the digital age, you have comic book teams that are literally separated by continents but i i'm sure there are a ton that are used to working very closely together who will have to adapt so you know the ones that that do it long distance anyway you know other other potential issues aside um you know those those teams will probably be able to keep going but yeah it'll definitely be a challenge for those that are used to collaborating you know face to face or or you know weekly meeting or whatever it is that they do so yeah you're right there probably will be some some challenges but yeah thank- i don't think it's going to be a big big deal but again it, it'll be there'll be a few things as well yeah in fact actually yeah see this is what i was this is what i saw yeah free comic book day delayed over coronavirus concerns because that's early may is yeah free comic book day but you start planning for that way early yeah, and it, I'm sure that'll just be a delay because all those issues are, are done and, you know, it's obviously a, you know, mass grouping of people concern more so than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but, yeah, that's that's something interesting because, again, I you know, obviously books and comics are a great way to kind of get through kind of those times when you might be isolated. I think, I think you've told stories of how, you know, growing up in Maine and stuff, you know, comic books were kind of a, a great escape um, when you maybe couldn't get out and do things with your friends and stuff. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if we might see an actual push from the comic book industry to kind of get more out there because they know they've got a captive audience. Yeah, and I've seen some free uh, bundles being offered and things like that. So, yeah, definitely look around a little bit because uh, whether it's Comixology or, or whomever, sure. there's there's definitely some uh, uh, free content being shared and, and given out freely to kind of help people. Um, and obviously it, it helps the companies too if they can get you hooked. But at the same time, it's it's a nice gesture too to say, hey, you know, we're, we're all in this together. We know people aren't going out as much and, and doing things. So if you're inside you know, check out these comic books and stuff. So hopefully it, uh, you know, hopefully it strengthens the, the industry and, and we come out of it better. 
Yeah, it would be it would be nice. And again, it's one of those things too where I hope this is kind of one of those industries that might be a little bit kind of might have a little more defense uh, against what um, what some of the other kind of industries out there um, are uh, are kind of suffering from. Well, sure, like movies, I mean, like, movie, yeah, sure, like, movie, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, there was a rumor that Apple might, like, if Disney gets hurt bad enough by this, that Apple might look to buy Disney because Disney will be cheap. Wow, can you There's imagine that? That'd be, that'd yeah. be awful. That'd be crazy. Well, and Disneyland itself shut down, and but yeah, yeah, movies and TV can't be. They can't be filming now because you're talking about you know huge cast and crew and everything all together, and that's you know what we're what we're avoiding right now. So yeah. Yeah, so maybe we'll see the rise of comics and animation again. That'd be cool. I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah. So one last thing before we jump into uh, the pull list. Um, I don't often um, find other kind of podcast YouTubes that necessarily relate to comics because I, I have a, a harder time kind of figuring out how that fits in. Um, but I know you've watched a couple um, but I do want to just give a shout out to Comic Tropes. So it's a YouTube channel. It is. It, it's one of those ones that actually makes me think uh, a little bit. Uh, oftentimes, what he's doing is spotlighting an artist or a title, um, and talking a little bit about who um, who that person is. Um, and I've been really, really impressed by you know the quality of the content. Um, so it's called comic tropes. It's exactly what you would think about. It's often tropes that you find in comics. I know you've listened to a couple of them. Um, and I don't know what you, you thought of it. Yeah. Uh, it is, it is a channel that I, I'm sorry. Were you asking specifically about a, no, not a specific one, just the, the, channel, oh, okay. the comic tropes. Yeah. Yep. I do. It's not, I haven't watched a ton, but, uh, I do. I appreciate all those that, that kind of give you a little bit of insight and perspective on things. Um, and and they do a good job with that. So yeah, it's one. I again, I haven't seen a ton of them, but I have watched a few that that have caught my eye. And then of course it comes up on your recommended again to, you know, to look at other ones. So um, yeah, yeah, I've I've liked what I've seen. Yeah. That's for sure. What I like too is it's not always artists. Uh, sometimes it's um, you know, some of the people behind the scenes. He did a really good one um, just this month on Jim Shooter, uh, who literally, as far as I can tell, worked everywhere. He started writing <laughs> comics at like fourteen. He like, did. yeah, Shooter's story is crazy. It was awesome. Like I wanted, like I would watch a movie about him. But again, he did a really good job of putting together a, a you know, a. A YouTube kind of presentation on that, and it was—I thought it was pretty cool. So yeah. I was just—I uh, just wanted to mention it only because if people like our podcast, that—that's another kind of one out there. And I, I kind of have struggled to find other podcasts about comics uh, that I like because oftentimes they're either they're—they're—they talk about comics and specific issues that i just haven't ever read um they get really into the weeds sometimes and uh, i miss out whereas that has a tendency to take a single idea and, and give you a whole show on it yeah well and it's tough too when you're on the greatest comic book podcast there is i mean there's... <laughs> well we can only hope we can only hope <laughs> I, I i rely completely on the fact that me and you have fun doing this uh and hopefully some of the things that we say are interesting to other people as well um that is completely what i rely on yeah yeah me too um quick uh jim shooter aside and then we'll jump into the poll yeah list. yeah 
there was a there's a nod to him. Andy and I both big GI Joe fans. There's a nod to him, I believe, in the very first issue of GI Joe, or maybe maybe it's definitely in one of the early ones where they're picking which Joe members are to go on a mission and there's like a screen with all their na- code names and faces and there's one that's obscured but you can see, you can't see the face but you can see the uh the code name and the code name is shooter and that was a, that was a little nod to Jim Shooter that they put in there. Oh, that's interesting. I don't I didn't know that. But yeah, it was just a super interesting article and it just it, it made me kind of really like then think about some of the behind the scenes um and you know it it, it and someone who works in kind of uh, a corporate environment too, you know, the whole idea that like this guy is doing well, but he can't manage certain aspects of the corporate job and stuff. I was just, it, it was fascinating to me both on a kind of an artistic level and a, how do you manage a company like Marvel? Yeah. And that's, I mean, I know we've tried to start pull list about eight times already. <laughs> that's all right. Another, another tangent. Uh, for if you're looking for aside from you know reading comics and stuff while you have the, all this downtime during the virus, there's a ton of good comic book documentaries out there as well. And um, there's one about Bill Finger, who's kind of the forgotten man behind Batman. I think it's called Bill Batman and Bill or Bill and the Batman or something like that. But uh, that one that one's super interesting as well. There's um, there's a good one about. Um, uh, image comics and, and they're starting out. There's, I watched one about the, uh, like just, it was pretty specific to like comic books in the eighties, which was really interesting as well. So there's a ton of good comic book, um, uh, documentaries out there that people can check out where, um, you know, well, well, again, we're stuck at home and all of that. So definitely things to, to check out lots of good media out there. So, all right, I think cool. we can finally start the poll list. Sounds good. Sounds All good. Right. Flipping the page. All right, welcome into the poll list where we discuss our current reading, and it feels like I have a story or an excuse every single month when we get to the poll list, and this month is no exception. So, uh, if you don't mind, Andy, I will quickly regale you with what is going on with my current reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the aforementioned Nerd Herders Winter Retreat, uh, we were discussing comics at at some point during a game, probably a game of Lords of Vegas. We played quite a few games of that. And I was saying, oh, I hadn't actually picked up any physical comics in several months because uh, Midgard Comics and Games, where we go, had stopped selling comic books. And Dave was like, no, if you have a subscription, you're still getting your books. And I was like, uh, what? 
So <laughs> following that conversation, I on my next trip to Midgard Comics and Games, I said, uh, can I see what's in my pull list? And was presented with a pile of comics totaling $77. <laughs> oh my, that's awesome. Yeah, so, uh, so I have a ton of comic books, but the great thing is that I had wanted to keep up on the new Conan book, the, the regular Conan. I was reading Savage Sword as well. Um, so instead of having to go back and, and try and piece those together at other shops or whatever, I actually I have them. And uh, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that I didn't even know was coming out. Turns out I, I had already read Serpent War, the Conan Serpent War, issue number one, digitally. I had that in my pull <laughs> the entire run. I had the Valeria series. I still had some Star Wars. I was so out of the loop that I was very confused at having Star Wars like issues like you know 72, 3, 4, and 5, and then also 1, 2, 3, 4. So that apparently answers my question of what they're going to do when they get to The Empire Strikes Back is they're going <laughs> to jump ahead and restart the series. And so, um, yeah, so that was pretty. That's awesome, dude. It was eye-opening. But the cool thing is it's like I have a huge pile of comics, and I, and I started to read them. So um, real quick, I'll just talk about a few of the things that I, that I uh, have read. Uh, starting with Star Wars, I – so – I, I, listeners might remember I was trying to catch up on Star Wars, and then I, for some reason, I ended up with like two issues of sixty-eight and zero issues of of uh, issue sixty-nine, and then it went like to seventy. So I had this gap. Um, so I had been reading Star Wars, and then now I've got the um, you know all the way through to where it gets to the Empire Strikes Back in the timeline, and uh, I actually digitally read issue sixty-nine. I wasn't able to go pick one up physically yet, but. Um, uh, so that's I think that's where I left off was 69. But the the great thing is I'm really enjoying it, and I know it's already done and, and jumped ahead again. But they're starting to search for planets for a new rebel base, which will obviously spoilers lead them to Hoth, uh, where we see them in the Empire Strikes Back. And that I'm really enjoying that read. And I can't remember, Andy, were you were you still keeping up with the regular Star Wars series? I think that's when I, I can't remember. I think I finished right around. Yeah, I finished right with before when they're finished with this part here. Okay, okay. I believe there's they're doing some really strong storytelling leading into what we know from the Empire Strikes Back. There's a there's a mission where C3PO and Chewbacca are together. Um, oh yeah, no, I stopped right in the middle of this because that's what bothered me. No, but but here's what I like about it. It gives you more depth for the Empire Strikes Back when when C-3PO gets blasted apart and and Chewie feels – now Chewie's a tinkerer and a mechanic anyway, but he feels compelled to repair 3PO. And this kind of builds a little bit of a a connection and a camaraderie between them, which – which I kind of appreciate, and you've also got Han and Leia off together, and you're kind of seeing the sparks there that that flare up in uh, in Empire Strikes Back. So I I appreciate the storytelling without it being like ham fisted and and really overwrought. They're they're kind of subtly getting you to the point where we see the characters in the Empire Strikes Back, and I I really appreciate that part of it. I will I will give you some some credit for coming up with that uh idea um but yeah i i just didn't yeah i didn't didn't get it i guess like i didn't didn't click, didn't click for you it didn't click not, for not me. click you know what i mean just didn't hit the just didn't you didn't, it, didn't feel the, the connection with it 
when you take two characters that can't talk and make them <laughs> the main characters, I'm just like, what? Like, Yo you're killing talk. me here. He's translating yeah. for Chewie. Well, I don't know. Like, they're the least. Yeah, I read through 70, I think. Yeah. Okay. All right. And that it that ends at 74 or 75. I was gonna, yeah. I, yeah, I figured it must be 70, 75. So maybe I'll go back and read those last five, but... Yeah. yeah, well, I'm I'm gonna keep going with it, and then we'll see what happens because I know they pick up after Empire, so I'm very curious about that. Because that was when I was a kid, that was some of my favorite Star Wars comic stuff. Because, um, you know, we talked about it last time because I had we had talked about uh, on the Ego podcast that I that I do with Brad. Um, you know, that issue where Lando and Luke are looking for Han, and you see him in Carbonite, and I, like all that stuff was was fun to me as a kid. So I'm, I'm going to be curious to see what they do, um, you know, in a modern take. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm liking that and I'll, you know, finish it out and keep going. Uh, I finished out. Sorry. Was there something else you were going to say about Star Wars? I was just going to say one thing. I just noticed something cause I was flipping through comiXology to see. So issue 68, uh, 69 and 70. Um, so there, so it's a chewy and three PO story is 68. Uh, Luke is 69 and Leia and Han is 70. But what they did with the covers is it's it's basically the same image where the characters are front and center and then they're in a doorway of some sort. Yeah. And then there's characters on the edge. I like that. I didn't notice that till now. I have all three of those, but I just I guess I never noticed that element of it. Uh, but that's kind of a, a neat little nod as well. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of a fun thing they did. Uh, I have not jumped back into the regular Conan series. Uh, that one I'm going to hold off a little bit. Um, but I did finish out Savage Sword of Conan, which I, I I don't know if they've officially said that it stopped at issue 12. There has not been another issue since 12. It might be on a hiatus. It might be, you know, it might just be a, maybe it comes back later, reboots or whatever. But um so I think I had not read maybe 10, 11, 12 of that. Um, 10, 11, okay, kind of finished out a, a you know, a, an okay story arc. Uh, Savage Sword 12, however, I thought was a perfect throwback Conan-style story that you would have read in the original series. Just a, a self-contained issue where, you know, it very, it's tropey, but at the same time, that's kind of a comfort food type of thing for me with Conan, where it's, it's you know, he runs afoul of somebody, um, you know, uh, there's there's a, a woman involved who may or may not be <laughs> betraying him or may or may not be a love interest. You know, he's going to chop things up. I mean, it's that's, that's all I ask for in a Conan story. <laughs> so uh, issue 12 of Savage Sword was exactly that. I thought it was, I thought it was fun and a, uh, and a good good way to wrap that up so um and the savage sword was the one that you had you quit on that one a little earlier is that right yeah it, it just wasn't I, I really liked barbarian um so yeah i did kind of quit on that um uh and barbarian wrapped up kind of a, a cool story arc with 12 um and 13 and 14 have started a new arc that's really pretty good um and i'm, I'm liking it it has a very D D feel to it uh right now um so um, I'm enjoying that element. Nice. I'm looking forward to jumping back into that. Uh, and the last one I was going to talk about was I read uh, the Conan Serpent War issue two. Um, I can I can see why it's gotten mixed mixed reviews. Like I, I like 
I like some of what it's doing, but it's, part of it feels like it's just kind of a mess too. So I'll keep going. I don't think it's that many issues, and I apparently have them all in my stack of comics, so I've already paid for it. But <laughs> um, yeah, I read the whole. I read the whole uh, thing because um, now there there's a new spin. There's a new Conan spinoff that's going to kind of continue that story. Um, so yeah, it's only four issues, the serpent war. And I don't know if it's bad storytelling or they're just trying to tell too much story. Um, that, that's kind of the impression I got with, with issue two. So I'm halfway through. Yeah. It almost feels like there's, it needs a little room to breathe. Yeah. So I'm just getting kind of confused by that, I guess. Um, or got confused, I should say. So, and there are, they're also doing one of those things where they're relying heavily on the fact that you also know a couple very disparate characters. Um, so if you're into sword and sorcery, you probably know Conan um, and you probably know um, um, the pilgrim. Um, Solomon. 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 Yeah. Um, pretty well. Um, but you may not know Moon Knight. Um, so they have to like lean heavy into who Moon Knight is. Um, so it's one of those weird things where they're trying to decide, all right, what is the characters that the person who's reading this wouldn't know? Um, and it is, it, to me, it's just, you're, you're mixing a lot. I like those, all those characters, but I don't know that they, they fit. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting grouping, but you know, I'll, I'll keep going. Um, but uh, so that was it. So what I'll do is I still have Savage Avengers. There's a big chunk of those in my stack. I will uh, catch up on that, and I'll catch up on the main Conan the Barbarian series, and I'll probably try and do – I know it'll be Conan-heavy, but I'll try and get through the Valeria uh, series as well. So that's that's what I'll be talking about next time, and probably some more Star Wars too since uh, it'll it'll be wrapping up at 75 and well, jumping you should ahead. Be, there's two new Star Wars you should be reading. Well, so I saw there's a Kylo Ren – but um, no, I did. I did not that one. I did not pick that one up. Um, what else? What else is out there? Okay, so on my pull list this month, Star Wars Bounty Hunters number one. So this picks up uh, the character Vance, uh, who was kind of the main character in Vader Down, um, but you've got Bosk and you've got Boba Fett. Um, it's it's fun. Um, so it's, it's very much bounty hunter heavy. It's, it's like some of those old stories in comic books. Um, but I think they're a little, they're, they're a little more fun now. Um, so this one is giving you some backstory about how, you know, Vance, uh, Boba Fett, Bosk were all on a job together at one point. Um, it's, it's a good, it's a good starting story, um, and I think you'd like it. And... Yeah, I'll, I like oh, bounty ahead. hunters. No, I was just gonna say I like bounty hunters. I like Star Wars. I'm in. Yeah, and there's also a new Vader. Um, so, the, just like Star Wars jumped to after Empire Strikes Back, Vader has jumped to after Empire Strikes Back oh, as well. So now sense. he knows that his son is alive, um, and he wants to know how his son has been alive and he didn't know so who who basically hid his son oh 
And it's, Excellent. It's, it's, so it's a cool little, like, you are getting, like, this, and I know some of the prequels talk a little bit about, you know, how they got away and stuff, but there's there's got to be more to that. Like, so what they can do is they can fill in, like, how they kept Vader from finding, like, Luke all those years and stuff. Um, you know, so it's nice, fun. Yeah. 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 I'll, uh, I, I, that's, and, I've loved the other Vader series, so I'll definitely jump in on that. And I, I, I really like how they have continued to advance it. The the first Vader series took place right after Revenge of the Sith, and then the uh, the second Vader series took place right after A New Hope. So it's it's cool that they're able to keep coming up with compelling things to do with that character, you know, within the the constrictions of the timeline. Yeah, yeah, because he had like he had to be doing things like, and he is, and this is a neat and issue two or the end of issue one has an awesome twist that's explained in, in two i'm not spoiling that one that one's too fun nice all right i'll definitely pick that up in bounty hunters yeah um so into more kind of um buying stuff because of writers uh to see what they're like so i don't know how your facebook and other social media runs but i end up um getting a lot of ads for comics uh, out there so there's a studio called tko studios um i really don't know much much about them other than um garth ennis is one of the kind of the writers for that studio and it's it's basically the modern comic book company tko studios um i think they're a fairly new company because i've just started to see ads uh, for them um, but they've got a lot of cool looking kind of stories out there um, one of which is called Sarah um, it's by Garth Ennis and it's uh, about some of the female uh, Russian snipers during uh, World War II oh, um, cool. it's neat and it's cool and he's the same guy that did uh, the boys did some really cool Punisher stuff and, and Preacher as well. So, yeah, I like uh, it. I do too. Um, so, yeah, it's it's fun. Um, so, basically, a team of female Russian snipers beat back the Nazi invaders on the World War II Eastern Front. Um, so it's fun. I had a I had a really good time with that. But that one's like it's it's a it's more of a graphic novel. So it's it's even on Comicsology it was fifteen bucks. Like, but it's it's a long read. It's, you know, how many, I'm trying to see, it's 150 pages. So, yeah. Oh, that, that's good. That's a good, right. good little chunk. Right. But that's, yeah, 15 bucks, 150, uh, 151 pages. Like that's, that's, that's a steal in my opinion. Yeah. That's probably easy math to do, but I'm not going to try. Well, I was relying on you. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to gloss right past it. Yeah. That's still one of my favorite stories <laughs> of recent memory. Uh, yes, listen to the outtakes on the Nerd Herders Winter Retreat episode to see just how bad Ian is at math and how convinced he is that he's right. But what's even better is no less than a month before that, Andy's brain stopped working during a game of 40K and Ian literally had to do all the math in the game. <laughs> that happened too, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. So another one that caught my eye, I do like Image Comics. Um, I don't know if I'll stick with this or not. Uh, it's a comic called Stealth. Um, so the the tagline is, for decades, Stealth has waged a war on crime in Detroit. Um, now he's taken his pursuit of justice too far. Um, 
what you find out very quickly, and it's actually in the tagline here too, is that Stealth, who is an aging superhero that is suffering from early onset dementia, oh. and his 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 view of reality is slipping away. So even though he's been a hero his whole life, things are starting to happen that are not good. Like, and it's, to me, that is a super interesting take. Um, and so I'm, I'm really, it's also, um, um, the, the main character, um, was, uh, I think he was, he's, he was a firefighter. Um, the son is a reporter. Um, they're African Americans living in a part of Detroit that has been neglected for years. Like it's good. It's it's just a good. It's written by Mike Costa, who I don't know that I've read a lot of other things by, but um, he's he's he did some GI Joe stuff uh, stories back in the day too. But this one's good. This is real good. Nice. So that, that'll end up. So that's Start. stealth. Stealth, okay. Yeah. All right, that sounds really good. Yeah, yeah, the tagline caught me, and then it's the, the artwork is good, uh, and the storytelling was fun. Um, see, I've still, I, I, again, I really like what they're doing with X-Men, um, and I'm, I'm really been kind of into X-Men, X-Force, uh, the Marauders, uh, all of those kind of tie-in um to this idea that the mutants kind of have a new way of doing things um but the new x-men is by jonathan hickman um it's a really good story this time around because basically it's not to spoil much but the x-men have a way of um basically regenerating now so oh they basically what they did using cerebro um and professor x he can make copies of people's kind of consciousness and the new island that they live on they found this perfect mix of mutants that can basically work together to make perfect clones of people and so if you die they can just build your body again and um and then download your consciousness. Now they're not sure it's always going to work, so they have this whole thing called the crucible, where somebody basically can try, like, will basically fight to the death with apocalypse, and if they die, they see if they can bring them back. Oh, wow. and that's the other thing is every mutant lives on the island, so like Sinister's there, Apocalypse is there, Black Tom Cassidy is there, like, and so is Jean Grey and Wolverine and Storm and Pyro, everybody. Anybody well, that's a mutant gets to live there. I saw I saw a, a full-page ad in one of the comics, probably Star Wars or whatever, maybe it was Conan, that intrigued me. It was, uh, it was Mr. Sinister, like in the, like a, with making out with, I can't remember who, who it was, but it was like one of the good guy uh, X-Men and like this, like, you know, she's kind of draped over him. I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah. They haven't explored the Sinister's, um, storyline yet, but he's doing some weird things. Um, but Apocalypse is awesome in this. Cause he's not just a kind of, a a nemesis. He's like, he's some of what he says is listened to. Um, and in terms of kind of, you know, being there, but basically they're, 
it's because it, Charles Xavier has gotten to the point where he's like, we have our own country. We will treat ourselves as our own nation. You know, we will live separate from the humans. Um, we don't necessarily have to think we're better than them, but we're gonna, we're not going to listen to them anymore. We don't have to listen to other nations anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's fun. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's carrying like, basically the way those are laid out, I, I usually have a couple of those uh, every month. Um, so I'm having a ton of fun with them. Um, I'm still really liking a couple of the Hill House um, imprints from DC. Um, Basketful of Heads has been great. Um, every issue has been a twist. <laughs> every issue. like So I'm having a ton of fun with that um and they got a new one out called plunge um where there's something up in the bearing straight um that's been there for 40 years like it's got a little bit of the thing uh element to it for me so i'm gonna i'm gonna continue to check that out that's brand new there's only been um two of those so um i'm excited about that um nice. Still, they mentioned that something that's a little bit older, um, but something came up about Rick Remender. Am I saying that right? I think. Yeah, I I've always I've always said Remender, but I, Remender. I, who knows? So he, he's written some other stuff that I like, but I don't know whether it it might have been that um, comic tropes video thing that I saw. He he's written a lot of. Uh, he wrote. Uh, Deadly or some of Deadly Class, which I really liked. Um, he wrote some of the Hail Hydra stuff that I liked. Uh, he did um, some other stuff um, that, that kind of makes me th you know, a little bit of the thinky on the thinky side. Um, so he did something early on. Again, I don't know what the original published date on this. Something called Fear Agent. Um, I've heard of that one. Yeah. Oh, it's fun. Um, this is one I spent like 30 bucks on because there's like three volumes. So, um, with the comiXology gives you like 33% off. So some of the 16 bucks is knocked, knocked down to 11. So it's super fun. Um, it's pulpy, it's sci-fi, um, it's Texan. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, a it's really, really fun. Um, and actually I found out recently that Savage Worlds uh, has a setting for Fear Agent, oh. um, which just fits right into the Savage World uh, role-playing setting. But um, yeah, um, I I flew through that. I flew through three volumes. I have a fourth. Uh, I haven't read it yet, but that's that's next on my list. Um, but that's that was really good. I can't kind of recommend that enough. Um, it's a good story. It's got time travel. It's got aliens. It's got jilted wives and jilted uh, lovers. Like, um, it's got a young man, an old man. It's everything. It's a little bit of everything. <laughs> it really does sound like a little bit of everything. Yeah. So that was that's been super fun. Um, and that's that's basically what's been keeping me going. Um, I've got some other regulars in there. Um, Punisher Soviet's still been really good. Uh, Deadpool's got a cool storyline going right now um, where he lives on Staten Island that has been is now inhabited solely by monsters and he's the king of the monsters. Um, <laughs> it's, nice. it's fun. Um, and that's um, and then um, 
Black Panther still on my pull list. Um, that one's it's still pretty good. Um, it's it hasn't the last couple issues haven't been as good as some of the ones in the past, but I'm still enjoying that. So yeah, yeah, been uh, been enjoying uh, comics uh, quite a bit over the the last it, through the winter. I, it usually happens to me where I start reading some longer ones and stuff, but um, we'll see. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm going to be going into my uh, old lists very soon as uh, as I spend more and more time at home. Yeah, yeah, I've been trying to, uh, again, I have a new stack of comics, so that's helped, but I've been trying to be more proactive at night. I like to, you know, before I go to sleep, I'll, I had been, like, maybe watching a, a short YouTube video or, or you know, surfing Reddit or something like that, but I've been, I've been making myself uh, read a couple comics, so that's uh, kind of been my focus, and, and also um, just doing other hobby stuff like assembling models and painting and stuff like that. And just trying to, even though <laughs> there's a, a lot of these weekends and, and time, you know, after work, I'd be doing a lot of the same stuff anyway, even if we weren't in uh, the situation we're in right now <laughs> socially. But, um, but I don't know if for whatever reason, I, it feels more heightened. So I'm trying to, you know, be more proactive and, and bounce around between different things that I like to, to kind of keep myself, um, you know, from uh, going crazy. But, yeah, um, no. Yeah, I hear I hear you. Yeah, so. All right, cool. Was there anything else for the poll list? No, that's good for me. Awesome. All right, moving on. It is entitled, Naturan de Manto, roughly translated, Book of the Dead. The book is bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. All right, welcome to Read This, where we discuss a comic book series or a maybe a single issue or a story arc or trade paperback. Something cool that we think you would like to read along with us. Maybe it's something you've read before, maybe not. Maybe it's something you've never heard of. And last month was my pick, and I thought it was a good time with Lock and Key coming out as a Netflix series for us to revisit the first volume, which is called uh, Welcome to Lovecraft. And Andy and I had both read it. It had been quite a few years for me. Um, oh, had, yeah. had it been a, it had been a little while for you as oh, well? Oh yeah. yeah. I want to say like I I got this. I probably got the the volume one when it came out or shortly thereafter. So that had to have been like two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. I think that's. Yeah. yeah, I was actually I meant to look it up on uh, Wikipedia because I, I couldn't remember. So, yes. Yeah, so welcome out. to Lovecraft. The first six issues are between February and July of 2008. Oh, wow. OK. Yeah, yeah I, it hadn't been that long, but it had probably been probably s- at least six, maybe seven or eight years since since I read it. I borrowed all of them from uh, our buddy Matt from the Nerd Herders podcast and um and and plowed through them and just remembered really 
enjoying the storytelling and everything. And, and with the Netflix series coming out, I wanted to revisit it because I'm always curious how they handle things. Do they Are they faithful to it? Do they alter things? So I thought it was a good idea to, to revisit it. And um, uh, I don't know. What do you think on, on going back through it? Did you, did you come away feeling the same about it? So I, I've, I had forgotten some things. And then I was, as I was reading it, I remembered others. Um, I think it's, it's a long six issues for a setup for like a longer, a longer series. Um, yeah, I've, I found the pacing to be much slower than I remembered. Yeah. Like if you don't read it, I don't know how you would have read it as uh, individual issues. Um, I, I think it would have been really tough. Um, having it collected as a volume, I think works real well. And I, I don't know if that comes from kind of, Joe Hill's like desire to write a longer story. Um, and this kind of genre needing like a long, when you, you have so many characters um, and you have a very like, it's it, to be honest, Ian, I read it again. I've read it before. I'm still not entirely sure what is happening. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Now it's been um, a long time since I've read the other. I think I have. I think I. I maybe don't own Alpha and Omega. I don't know if I ever finished it because looking at when that came out, that was towards the end of 2012. Um, so I don't know that I have that, but I know I have the first. I think I. I know I have Lovecraft. I know I have Head Games, and I know I have Crown and Shadows keys to the kingdom but i'm not sure that i have clockworks and alpha and omega which are the last two volumes huh. yeah so um yeah i was i was struck by the pacing it was and and the funny thing is like there are a couple points where i was like well, they're really rushing this like it's it's literally a matter of pages in the very first issue before Bodhi goes through the death door for the first time and i was like i do not remember this being so quick to jump in and then there's other parts where you're like like wow this is really dragging on and um it, i forgot how like i knew it was dark but i forgot how graphic it was um dan uh roberts who i mentioned before um messaged me and he was like hey i tried to read welcome to lovecraft and it was just too gruesome for me um and i had forgotten how you know graphic and um you know violent it is and and to be fair dan it it like that first issue is I think the most I like, like I think if you made it through that and you liked the story, you could keep going. Cause it doesn't, there's a couple other things later that, you know, I don't know, maybe no, if you don't. <laughs> no, it's no, because the whole, the whole last two volumes are, are pretty violent. I think let's yeah. see. I'm just trying to see how it's broken up. Um, well, yeah. Issue four is sam lesser yes yeah, yeah issue true. three and his, four are sam lesser like his and killing, his killing spree yeah to get to the to the family yeah sorry dan you probably probably better off bailing on it but um yeah. but i have you watched any of the netflix series no okay so i watched the first episode and it does they do change some things uh but it's 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 a little lighter too, and uh, I was talking to our buddy Greg, and he's like, "Oh, I'm watching it with the kids." Now his his kids are like, 
like roughly the same age as mine, like like thirteen and fifteen, something like that. So they're teenagers. But I was like, are, I was like, has it been okay to watch with them? Because the the graphic novel is really dark and violent, and so it, I haven't continued beyond. And I enjoyed the first episode, but it wasn't. It didn't blow me away, but I did enjoy it. But it was definitely lighter than I expected, and and they changed some things. So I, I am curious if they made a conscious decision to make it a little bit more maybe teen friendly um since you do have you know obviously two two teenagers are major characters in it so i I wondered if they tried to lighten it a little bit for that so i'll have to keep going and see but um you know i was i was a little surprised that it was a lighter tone than uh than the very dark and um you know kind of bleak tone of the comic book yeah, I, I'm going to have to reread the whole thing now just because, like, I'm like, what is going on? Like, I know I know it clears up, um, but, yeah, it's just – and they they drop a lot of, like, like, hints in this as to what's going to happen and stuff. Like, you have, you have a character that's literally introduced and dies, and you have no idea why. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. The, the, yeah, the gym teacher. Like you're just like, yeah. what? What is happening? Yeah, like, you're showing um, a picture, but there's no exposition of any kind. Like, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. It's um. I I think you're right. I think I'll need to read through it again too because I found that a lot of the scenes uh, that really stuck with me have aren't anywhere. Not only are they not anywhere near it, but like we haven't even been introduced. Like um. Kinsey, the uh, uh, the teenage girl in the family, ends up with this set of friends who aren't even introduced in the first six episodes, uh, first six issues, uh, who end up being a, a big part of it. Um, but they are introduced in the very first episode of the series, so that was something that I think maybe, you know, the the series is probably speeding things up and won't you know won't cover every issue type of things. But I, it was interesting to me in rereading those first six to be like, huh, I, you know, scenes and and incidents that I remember aren't even from this first. You know, there's a couple things, but but for the most part, the like my major memories from reading it were not even in the first volume. Yeah, I yeah, it's um. And it is. It's been a long time since I read them. So, and the thing is, I really, really like the artwork. Um, yeah, like, is it, uh, Gabriel Rodriguez is that right? Yeah. yeah. So, for any confusing element of the story, I'm just like, there is something cool to look at in every panel. Like, they're like, it's all good. Like, um, so even if even if I'm not necessarily like following what's happening story-wise, there's something to see in every panel. Um, yeah. And I think, I think he does a great job. And I think that might be part of it in this first one, that they're relying a lot on the, the picture to, to tell the story. Um, but it's such, it's such a, a deep story that it's, it's tough, but I'll, I'll fully admit I love the artwork. Yeah, yeah, the I, I agree. The art is um it's very good. It's it kinda it, it kinda straddles the line between the, the newer or actually not even newer, it was kind of a kind of a nineties not even nineties, I think it was more of a two thousands style 
almost you know anime influenced uh and it kind of straddles that line but not to the point because sometimes i don't i don't like that art style but i actually really like the artwork in this so the only thing i don't like about it is everybody looks exactly the same um like i have a hard time like i think that's part of my memory of this is like a lot of the cat like the facial structures on a lot of these characters are yes. super similar yeah um, you're, you're absolutely right so I have a hard time, like, and I know some of that is to relate back to, so you can show the dad, and you can show the dad when the dad was younger, um, and and some of the other characters when they were younger, so it makes it easier, I think, but it's, yeah, like, everybody has a very similar face, um, but I still think he does a good job showing emotions on those faces, um, and stuff like that, so that would be that would be my only kind of thing with the with the art style, but other than that, I really like it. Yep, yeah, I agree. I uh, I did really enjoy the art. So, uh, yeah, overall, it was kind of it was interesting to revisit it. And we've done this with a few, you know, that we had read a long time ago or whatever. And and it, it's fun to sometimes I really enjoy when you pick something that I've not read or that I've not even heard of. And sometimes I'll do the same thing. I'll pick something that's like, oh, I you know I I know about this, but I've never read it, so it's fun to do. But it's also fun to do these as well because you kind of go back and can look at it with a different perspective, you know, however many years later. So. I was I still I still enjoyed lock and key but it was it was different somehow than I had remembered so um, it is kind of neat to read something for a second time because you're not experiencing it and wondering what's going to happen you're just more uh, and, and you kind of touched on it too where you notice things that were set up um, you know as foreshadowing and things like that 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 you obviously don't catch the the first time around right like you you literally have a character that's that's introduced towards the end um that you don't understand like where he came from like any of his backstory you know he's probably not a nice guy um but that's but all of a sudden he's just there like and you're like what well uh, no who are you talking about because zach or um what's his um yeah right uh yeah, yeah zach yeah, yeah but that's that's what's her name from the well um the Right, but that's the, but that's what I mean. Like all of a sudden, like but he wasn't. He was always Zach, even as he, even though he was the woman. Oh, that's true. But yeah, he uses the key, the the gender key, which they talk about. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, uh, and some things are a little too convenient too, because him just kind of showing up after everything they've been through. This like stranger just shows up, and they're like, "Oh, hey, you're new in town too. We're we're friends." Um, so, you yeah. know, some of that stuff's a little convenient, but, um, but yeah, at the same time, I still, I still, I still really enjoyed it. And I think, I think people should definitely check oh, it yeah. out if they have not. No, it's definitely worth it. But what I would suggest is like, be prepared to, to treat this like a, a, a book series where your that first volume isn't going to close out in the way some typical volumes do where you get a story arc that kind of closes out. This is one that is just the first book in a series. Yeah. 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 That's good. Good thing to point out. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Anything else uh, we want to talk about with lock and key? No, I think, um, like I said, I think it's going to lead me to reread all of them, um, potentially get the last one. If I don't own it, I can't remember if I do, I've got the, the stacks over there somewhere. Um, but yeah, that's, um, yeah, 
it I like it. I remember really liking it when it first came out. I don't know that I have an interest in the TV series per se. I think this is one of those ones that, that to me is always going to be better as a comic or a comic novel. I'm going to sure. refer to it as um, than a than a TV. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. Uh, all right, so it is Andy's turn to pick what we read next month. And Andy, what is your selection? So I know I mentioned him a little bit earlier, uh, but that whole uh, fear agent and uh, looking back through what I had read by Rick Remender. Remender? Oh, just come on, Jamie. <laughs> just send, in, <laughs> send an email with what, what I'm saying wrong here, please. Um <laughs> It's not my forte, and I'm tired tonight. I'm sorry. He did Uncanny X-Force, um, which I'd always wanted to read because it has a couple characters that I like and a couple characters that I don't necessarily know that well um, or haven't always liked how they were depicted. Um, so I wanted, so I read it. I kind of want you to read it for this so we can do it as the read this. Cause I really want to talk about it because it has a, it has a great beginning and a great ending. Okay. And what's the, so it's uncanny X-Force and what's the volume one, um, the apocalypse solution. Yes. Okay. Awesome. I see it on Comixology Unlimited. Yes. Uh, so if you have Comixology Unlimited, it's obviously part of that. If you want to purchase it to read along with us, it's actually uh, only five ninety four right now. So um, uh, it's on sale. So uh, I'm going to click the borrow key, and it's going to now it is loaded up. So Uncanny X Force Volume One Apocalypse Solution, and this is good because I'm. I'm kind of because of what I'm reading, where I'm reading, you know, a lot of Conan, a lot of Star Wars. I'm not reading any true, you know, capes and masks and spandex type of comics right now. So I think this will really scratch that itch for me. Um, and I, I like uh, I like the X-Men. And it looks like I'm looking at the, the cover here. We got Wolverine, looks like Psylocke, Deadpool, Archangel, and... Someone I can't tell who that is, but um, because he's our pick, this uh, oh, he's our somebody awesome. this week because of this. Awesome. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, All right. yes. Nicely done. Okay. Yes. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading this. Okay. Because that's so... exactly what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. So, uh, yeah, if you guys want to read along with us for next month, it'll be Uncanny X Force Volume One Apocalypse Solution. And please don't make the super suit green or animated. All right, welcome into The Somebodies, where we break down a comic book character that maybe we uh, know a lot about, maybe we know a little about, maybe we want to learn more about, maybe we see him on a comic book cover and don't know who he is. Uh, and it was uh, Andy's turn this month. So, Andy, who have you picked for us to talk about? I picked Phantom X. F-A-N-T-O-M-E-X. Um it's a fancy Tex-Mex dish. No. Um, <laughs> I thought it was – so today I bought some – you know how you can get the, the like Coke in the bottle from Mexico? They yes. also have Fanta in the bottle. So I wondered if this was just Mexican bottled Fanta. Maybe. Maybe. Um, so this was a character that I have seen occasionally in comics, um, but – wasn't really sure who he was um and so when i read the 
Uncanny X-Force. Um, he's a primary character in that. Um, and then so I had to do a little bit of research on him. But he's a, he fits in perfectly with Wolverine and Deadpool because he's another weapons plus program character. Um, but apparently... There's a whole, he's created as part of a whole super sentinel program inside the world, which is like its own self-contained universe. Like it is, it is his backstory is super, super convoluted. I still can't always tell exactly what his powers are. Um, even, even, even reading through, uh, you know, a description of it, it's hard to tell. Um, when you read it in a comic book, when he's in a comic book, it's hard to tell. Um, <laughs> He's kind of got abilities that are not unlike Taskmaster, um, but it's almost like he's predicting, not memorizing um, the the tools and stuff. Um, but he's a he's a really kind of interesting interesting character. So he's got some of that kind of healing ability. Um, he's got um, a techno organic virus flying saucer that flies around with him and helps him out with stuff. Um, he has for a little while, like got bored and just decided to become the world's best cat burglar, uh, which I think is a, a great storyline. Um, but he's, he's got a very, he's got a very interesting backstory. Um, and I think he fits in well with um, the two other characters of Wolverine and uh, of Deadpool. Have you ever seen him in anything else? No, I, it was cool when you picked because I know the name. I probably like if you if you gave me like a uh, like a lineup of ten characters that I had seen but uh, didn't know who they were. I don't think I would have been able to peg which one he is. Uh, I knew I knew nothing about this guy. I will say too, like uh, you know, I dug in on on Wikipedia. The cover for its new X Men issue one forty three with uh, art by uh, Chris uh, Bacalo or Bacalo. I we're terrible with names. Um, but anyway, the the cover is kind of it's kind of badass. It's a it's a really it's a cool cover. It's almost um, uh black and white or or um monochrome and and kind of fades out at the bottom and he's got a couple of pistols he just he looks super cool in the uh in that cover so i was reading about the publication history and everything and i i, I don't even understand how this guy exists because it it sounds like he's kind of taken from an italian comic book called uh, uh diabolic or diabolic um or danger diabolic and loosely based on the character fantomas uh, the subject of a series of early 20th century French detective thrillers in a popular Mexican comic book adaptation. It's like, how, wait, but then he's also based on exist? like Jean Philippe's um, uh, X um, X13 or sorry, yeah. uh, 13 XII, which I remember there was a weird video game for back in the day too. Like, and he does, he does have a feel that's like that. Like, it's so like, so the ideas for him are crazy, and then like his fictional biography it's confusing it literally says he he's basically born of a woman who was part of the weapon x program who ha was fused with sentinel nanotechnology at the cellular level yeah, and then fertilized it just says with nanomachines <laughs> right 
like, like oh, okay. And then yeah. you look over, and, and even though he kind of comes from a, a bunch of different sources, you look to where it says who created him, and it says Grant Morrison, and you're like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, when he's first introduced, he's on the run because he's he's escaping from the, the Weapon X program. Um, and he just he has this like he has a very much of a Deadpool anti-hero vibe to him where um, he's OK doing what he needs to do to get things done. But he is the antithesis of Deadpool in that he is like super not super serious but he's he thinks he's more cultured than he is i guess is the only way to describe him um especially when you when you read after reading the uncanny x-men you'll you'll see what i mean where you know for all of deadpool's like like potty humor um phantom x is the exact opposite uh, but when it comes to his outlook on life and like how you get things done, it's very similar to Deadpool's, um, which is also very similar to Wolverine's, which I think is an outtake on all of like the the Weapon X program. Yeah. Um, but it's he's yeah, basically he is <laughs> they can give him whatever powers he wants because you we're not even sure how he was made. <laughs> yeah. No, he seems yeah. super cool. I'm I'm excited to read that on Kenny X Force now. Yeah, um, and that's like like I said, and then just reading some of the backstory on him. And again, he doesn't. He's a pre. In the end, he ends up as a pretty straightforward character. So yeah, he can you know feels no pain, seems to ignore most injuries. Um, you know, it's it's you know. Like I said, he's got a living ship that he flies around with quite a bit, which <laughs> yeah. appears in the Uncanny X-Men quite a bit. Um, yeah, so, yeah, he can computerize the mind. Yeah, there's, it's one of those characters where I think we usually pick these somebodies and we, we do a little bit of research on them. We look at Wikipedia, we look at other resources. What I'm going to say is your best bet is to then go back and read the Uncanny um, X-Force and that'll that'll help you get get a much better picture. Um, reading the Wikipedia page doesn't do him justice. You got to kind of see how uh, he's written in that story. I'm curious to go back and read um, some of that original new X-Men stuff um, where he first appeared. Um, so that's that new X-Men 128 um, back August in 2000. Of... Oh, go yes. ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to, yeah, just August of 2002. I always like to give a little perspective on when they, when characters were created. Yeah, so I might go back and take a look at at some of that just to just to get a feel for where where he came from. But this is this is one of those times where I did this as somebody um, to set up the read this, and also because I want to kind of go back and and try to figure this figure out a little bit more about this guy too. Yeah, I like what you did there. I like I like uh, rolling them in together, and now now it's got me excited to to read this uh, Uncanny X Force. So nicely yeah. done. Yeah. Excellent. All right, cool. Anything else to say on uh, Phantom X? I I don't think so. Um, it, I think that was um, you know a pretty a pretty cool kind of character, and I think if you do the read this with us, that'll make it even easier for you guys, for you to kind of like the character that's in there. Nice, awesome. All right, so yeah, read along with us and learn about Phantom X in Uncanny X Force. Uncanny X Force, right? 
I closed the tab. So <laughs> it, oh, it's it Uncanny X Force. Yep. Yeah. One, the Apocalypse yep. Solution. Perfect. Awesome. Check it out. What can I get for 75 cents? Uh, you may purchase this charming Hamburglar adventure. A child has already solved the jumble using crayons. The answer is fried. Well, we have come to the end of another issue of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy, and we're gonna, I'll, I'll dive into the mailbag to close it out as we normally do. We, we do have a question. We have, uh, so I asked who, who has a question for the mailbag, and uh, uh, Jason Lees asked, uh, is it me? Uh, apparently it wasn't because that was all he asked. Uh, but we did have one from Dave Farr of the Nerd Herders podcast fame uh, that Andy answered in the uh, actually answered in the uh, chat in uh, or sorry on the page on the Hero Man and Sidekick Boy Facebook page where you can ask us questions. But Dave asked when is Saga coming back? Um, so Andy, you said that in uh, April of last year of uh, it's, uh, is it Brian K. Vaughn? That's the yeah. um, Yep. Um, he had said that, uh, told Entertainment Weekly, the second half of the series would last 54 issues. Um, but um, did he say when? We don't, we don't really know no, when. No, so really. him and the artist took a break uh, to work on other stuff. Um, I think it ended at episode uh, 54 with a, a planned break. Um, and that the whole story arc was going to be a total of 108 issues. Um, so they're... It didn't. It wasn't really clear when they were when they were coming back. Um, I don't read a lot of breaking news on comics. Um, part of the fun for me every week is discovering new things on my own. Um, so, uh, but it is it is planned to come back and planned to finish. Um, Saga was one that Dave, our friend Dave, really liked, um, and his enthusiasm was so strong that I actually picked up a few of the the first few issues. Um, and they, they actually became worth a little bit of money um, because it was such a good comic. But I often like that art style and the types of characters that were in there. But there, for some reason, I, it did not hook me at the time. Um, have you read any of the saga stuff, in? I read, uh, again, based on Dave's enthusiasm, I read first, I want to say, 20 to 25 issues. And I did enjoy it. It just kind of... It lost steam for me because it felt like, and I know it's called Saga, but it, it, it maybe felt like a story that didn't need to be an ongoing. Like, it, it just, it felt like it was meandering a bit for me. And there would just be some weird, crazy, out there stuff every once in a while where you'd be like, I can't believe this is in a comic book. Like, there's one with a, with, where they end up on a planet with a, a giant, like a literal giant. Uh, but he's, as probably would have to happen, uh, the giant is naked. So there's a giant running around with just these large pendulous testicles. <laughs> it's just very, very bizarre, but also very fitting with the uh, with the, the, the comic series itself, which was very irreverent and um, not not really done tongue in cheek, but definitely pushing the envelope in in certain uh, areas. There was a bit of an uproar with one uh, one issue where there's like a race that has like TVs for heads. Yeah. And um, there was like a bit of an uproar because on one of the, the TV head people, there was like a there was like a. It wasn't even overly graphic, but there was like a gay sex scene uh, with two men, and so some, you know, some people got upset about that. And so it's it 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 was just a it wasn't it wasn't on the transmetropolitan level of being like subversive and 
and satirical and stuff, but it was it would definitely push the envelope in other ways that were that kind of kept things interesting. But um, ultimately, I, I kind of lost interest, and I know Dave kept going with it. And I might revisit it at some point because I did enjoy it. And the artwork is uh, and who is the artist? Can you? It's um, Fiona Staple. Fiona Staples. Yes, uh, I did enjoy her artwork uh, on it, and I think. Um, you know, I think the main characters were interesting, and there were a lot of side characters that were introduced that were really compelling. But yeah, you know, ultimately, I lost interest. But it's it's one I would revisit, uh, especially if you know if it does end up coming out and finishing, and I know it kind of has a set endpoint. Even though 108 issues is obviously a lot, um, I, I sometimes it's easier for me mentally to jump back into something like that, being like, all right, maybe it's 108 issues, but that's all it is. It's not, you know, I'm not trying to catch up on 108 issues, and in a year it's going to be at 120 issues. You know, so. So sometimes yeah. I will jump back in. So you can get the first 18 issues um, through Comixology, um, either as individuals or uh, volumes one, two, and three. So I've I've thought about going back and doing those those first three as well, just because you can get you know you can it, you can get back into it pretty pretty cheap at that point. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I might revisit Saga, but I, I did like I said I, I did enjoy it. I just um for whatever reason just kind of trailed off. Yeah, for me, the art style was awesome. Like, um, I really liked, I really liked what she was doing, and she's done a lot of other cool stuff as well. Um, But it just, yeah, like some of it was the how does this does this really need to be its own kind of ongoing story? So, yeah, yeah, and I think I think that's kind of what I felt too. But um, yeah. so there you go, Dave. We didn't really answer it, but <laughs> oh, we did enough. We yeah. answered it to the best of my ability. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully it's not too long away because I know that does suck. I mean, those, and sometimes you never know. I mean, Astro City did the same thing, and I, I absolutely adore Astro City. So, you know, it goes through all these phases, and then now, you know, again, we're at a point where we don't know what's next for Astro City. So, it is tough when you have something like that that you really enjoy, and you know, you want you want more of it. So. I get it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, awesome. Well, all right. I think we have reached the uh, the last page where the the sea monkeys and the X-ray specs reside. So uh, I think we're ready to close it out. Um, anything more to add, Andy? Are we good? No, we're good. This is a this is a good one. I think we had some good conversation at the beginning. Um, you know, I'm looking I'm looking forward to you know. Um, reviewing this read uh but i think i'll also go back and uh try to reread some of the lock and key you know what's funny is one of the reasons i didn't go back and read more lock and key is because it's not on my ipad and at night when i want to read if i have read a book that means i have to leave a light on and i doesn't always uh, it's not always as easy for me to do um but on my ipad i don't have to have any extra light ah yes good point Yeah. yeah All right, so uh, yeah, we are uh, we are wrapping up uh, a little bit of light, you know, trying to make light at the start of, of what's going on, obviously around the globe with with COVID nineteen and everything. But it's definitely please don't construe that as us, you know, oh, not yeah. no not taking things seriously. We absolutely are, and it's just sort of that. I think sometimes you cope with that gallows humor. So uh, hopefully everyone took that in the nature it was intended. We are obviously very serious and, and hope everyone is, is safe and taking good precautions and washing your hands and, and doing all the things that we need to do to, to get this thing under control. 
Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Trust me. The before we started recording, me and Ian were we're talking a little bit of, about it in a more serious way. I think we're just trying to find a a fun way to to get through what is um, uh, what I can only refer to as interesting times. Yeah, it's unprecedented stuff that's going on. So uh, we hope that you guys can find some, uh, you know, like I said, if we if we take your mind off of things for an hour while you're, you know, while you're doing something at home or, you know, puttering around the house and doing housework or if you're you're still uh, if you're still working and you're, you know, on your commute, whatever it is, if we can if we can give you some entertainment for a little while, then then that's good. And that makes us feel like we're doing something we can help, even if it's just in a small way. So, um yeah, hopefully, uh, and, and comic books are obviously a great way to uh, to pass the time, and hopefully we've given you some more things to think about and some more things to read and, and check out, and um, so that's that's kind of our mission every month anyway, so even in unusual times, if we can do uh, do keep doing that, then, then it makes us happy, so, so thanks. And uh, thank you, as always, Andy. No, thank you, sir. All right, we are wrapping up issue 29 of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. Thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, stay safe, and we will be back in 30 days. Until then, it's a four-color world. We're just living in it. This has been Hero Man and Sidekick Boy, a part of the Freebooters Network. Please check out our Facebook page and head to the Freebooters Forum to engage with us about the current episodes or about things you'd like to hear us talk about. And please check out our sponsor, Geek Nation Tours. Thanks so much for listening.